welcome back to this installment of Shep Sports Stuff for the second ex- episode. I decided to bring on my friend Kyle Alexander. Hello, everybody. So, just talk about we're going to talk about more defensive players this year. So, the big award of that is probably defensive player of the year. So, we're just going to start with that. Kyle, who's your pick? All right. If I'm being a hundred percent completely honest, my defensive player of the year has is going to Minka Fitzpatrick of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, he's got five interceptions on the year. Uh, took one back for a touchdown, and not only that, it's just he got traded from Miami to Pittsburgh, and he's completely turned Pittsburgh around. They were, I believe, like uh, they didn't have a great record when he got there, and now that he's got there, they won a couple games, and now they're uh, close to making the playoffs. Yeah, I see you with that. That was a really good trade for the Steelers, who have really rebranded themselves yeah. over this season, just overcoming the drama of Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. It was really cool to see other Steelers. I'm not a big Steelers fan, but I like how they bounce back. It's cool to see competition in the AFC North. Yeah. My pick is coming from Tampa Bay. I have Shaquille Barrett. Now, going into this year, and probably still, he's really like a no-name player, but, I mean, this guy is going to get paid this offseason. His game against the Giants, that they lost 31-32, to was one of the best. He had four sacks, six solo tackles, two assisted tackles, and eight combined. He also had three tackles for losses. I mean, this guy has really been wrecking right so far. He's really made the Bucks still, even though they're eliminated, he's still in contention. He's really proven that even though he really wasn't the greatest player in Denver, he really can lived up to his potential and has became a star down in Tampa Bay. Yeah, that's a good pick because Shaquille Bear, I still, yeah, I feel like he's been under the radar like for his whole career. And now he's starting to break up, but people still aren't noticing. So, yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully him winning the award. A lot of people who are not like big football fans will say, what, who's that? Should be Aaron Donald or Nick Bosa. But, I mean, he's really came onto the scene and deserves so much more recognition yeah, than he he's like, gotten. Yeah, he had like nine sacks in like the first four games, I think. It's crazy. Like, He's on the verge of breaking Tampa's single-season sack record, and you have to compete with guys like – Derek Brooks, Gerald McCoy, Warren Sapp. I mean, those guys are Hall of Famers. Oh, yeah, most definitely. So another guy I just mentioned back there, Nick Bosa. Um, he's pretty much he's pretty much won the Rookie yeah. of the Year award. I mean, the second overall pick out of Ohio State University. Didn't even play his final year in college. I mean, he really has just came onto the scene and are proving that the Bosa brothers are just as good as the Watts or just as good as the Matthews. Like, it's just seeing how he's really came onto the scene and has dominated. Yeah, well, I agree with that pick. He's my defensive rookie of the year. But another player that I feel should at least be considered is Josh Allen of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Because um, I just saw this when I was doing a Pro Bowl bowl, and he has nine sacks. And he's having a pretty good year. And to me, he was the best pass rusher coming into that draft class. Yeah, it was really close between him, Bosa, and Allen going into the draft, I think. Josh Allen is really good. He's really talented. And the fact that the Jaguars decide to take him over the likes of TJ Hawkinson and other guys like that really show that without him, the Jaguars' defense is nothing compared to what it was in the past. I mean, he's really stepped in. And if it's a 40-point game, without him, it's probably a 60-point game. But Nick Bosa is just, he's a big-name guy. Yeah. He's done some big-name things. I mean, his flag stunt against the yeah. Browns was one of the, one of the, 
most savage celebrations I've ever seen, but yeah. I think you need to award it to the best defensive rookie out there, and in my opinion, that's Nick Bosa. Yeah, and like you say, he had the big name. He already had the big name coming in the, uh, into the NFL because of his brother, Joey. So going next to, we're going to look into the coach of the year. So it's between John Harbaugh, Pete Carroll, and Kyle Shanahan, in my opinion. I guess you could give some other guys credit, but those are your big three. And they all have pluses. All of them have been very successful this year, but I'm going to go with Kyle Shanahan. The Niners last year were terrible. I think that was more due, in fact, to Jimmy Garoppolo being injured and just not being consistent enough on defense and not being able to find one consistent type of play. But Kyle Shanahan came in and has made the Niners' offense and defense turn into units way different than anyone had expected, especially the offense. It has a 2017 Atlanta Falcons type feel to it. And then oh, yeah. just seeing him really change that culture real fast is really cool. Yeah, that's actually my pick for Coach of the Year. Because like, I was looking at the 49ers offseason, and I saw they went on and got players like Juan Alexander, D. Ford in the trade, and then they drafted Nick Bosa. And my, I was thinking, like, right there, I'm like, see, the 49ers have a chance to make the playoffs. Like, I thought. And I thought they were going to be like a wild card team, like fifth or sixth. But now they're out here competing for the top of the division and are trying to keep that first seed. And Kyle Shanahan, he's been an offensive mastermind. And the offense that they run is just great, though, especially with the running backs they have. It's just a great offense, and especially having the best tight end of football. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they came in this year, and they have lost guys like Quan Alexander. To a torn, I think, towards Peck. And, and now they just lost their center. Lost Western Richburg, and D. Ford's been off and on, but he's still been able to have guys come up and make plays. Like, Debo Samuel's been great. You got guys on defense like Jaquiski Tart, who's Eric really stepped. Eric Armstead, they all really stepped into the role, but yeah, I think just how he's transformed this team. And we knew they were going to be good going into last season, and the fact that they really fell apart. Yeah. That obviously was a fluke for them, but they got Nick Bosa out of it, so I'm not complaining. Yeah. So now we're going to look into uh, Comeback Player of the Year. This is kind of a, you could say it's a two-man race, but probably I think it's really going down to either Ryan Tannehill or, or, Dalvin, Cook. or Dalvin Cook. I mean, Ryan Tannehill, Dolphins starting quarterback, drafted number eight out of Texas A&M. He played wide receiver in college, but he came to be a quarterback. He dealt through some pretty bad coaches at in Miami, but he had 2016 where the Dolphins made the playoffs off of his career year. And going into that season, people were really doubting his contract that he had just signed, but obviously that really didn't matter. He performed well, and then he got hurt. So, And then Matt Moore got him into the playoffs, won a game versus the Jets, which was a really good one. But then they lost to the Steelers in the first round. Makes sense. I mean, they didn't have their star quarterback. But then Tannehill went back into that middle-of-the-pack average type of player. After 2018, after 2016, he didn't even play at all during 2018. And then he went, he started 11 games, had 12 TDs, 9 interceptions. Wasn't great. Wasn't bad, but wasn't good, but... He was sufficient, but obviously Miami wanted to build for the rebuild, so they traded him to the Titans for a fourth-round pick. Now Marcus Mariota comes in and has been absolutely terrible. He started off the year rough. He's going to be looking for a second chance, maybe in Chicago or 
maybe in Dallas, but I doubt that'll happen just to revive his career. But Ryan Tannehill has stepped into this role, and through nine games played this year, he has almost 2,000 yards, 12 to 15 touchdowns, and five interceptions, and he's just really been clutch for them. His passer rating this year is 118.5, which is way above average for NFL quarterbacks. But it's just really good to see a guy like him really step into it, and hopefully he doesn't turn into Ryan Fitzpatrick. And if they extend him this offseason, he can continue to be the starter that the Titans have desired. Yeah, now that's a good point. And Tannehill, he's finally starting to have that breakout year that we've all thought he could have, that he was we knew he was capable of. But um, my comeback player of the year, I, I see your point there, but to me my comeback player of the year is Dalvin Cook. Uh, his rookie year, I mean, he was great coming out of college, and his rookie year he went to Minnesota, only played four games there, and then we're like, and then last year he only played eleven games. His rookie year he was fantastic. Oh yeah, rookie year he had some bright, he had some shine, like he had like uh, his moments, but then he got injured. And last year he played eleven games, um, but then he got injured again. So then we're starting to question. Does he have an injury bug? Like, can he stay on the field? Because everybody knows your best your best asset in sports is your availability. So now this year, he's been healthy. He's played all 13 games, has 1,108 rushing yards and 13 rushing touchdowns. And then on top of that, he has 50 catches for 503 yards and zero receiving touchdowns. But he has a total of 1,611 mm-hmm. yards from scrimmage. That's crazy. You find a guy who last year Dalvin Cook was injured for the like first half of the year, but come like fantasy football playoff time and crunch time for the Vikings, he really did step up and showed that. Yeah, he was injured a lot, but he's still the same Dalvin Cook. And obviously this year, he must have changed something he did to keep himself more durable. But obviously this year he's been great. He's been everything the Vikings have needed him to be and more. And that's just. That's impressive for a guy who like that that he's gonna get comeback of the player, comeback player of the year nominations. But I think the story of Ryan Tan- Ryan Tannehill yeah. is just a little more comeback player ish. Mm-hmm. And then also Dalvin Cook, he's been a big reason why Minnesota is starting to have that success that we thought they were gonna have last year. So our final thing we're gonna talk about today is bold predictions, and mine is I have two. Seattle is going to win the NFC West. They're going to win out the games they have to, and they're going to beat San Francisco in Week 17. They're playing at Seattle. They're playing in CenturyLink. That place is loud. That place is rocking, and you know it's going to be rocking come that Sunday. I think they're just going to be able to get that number two seed, host two playoff games, or host one playoff game or two playoff games, and really set themselves up. For another run. And my second one is the Eagles win a playoff game. The Eagles win the NFC East, and they win a playoff game. Yeah, that's a, that's a bold prediction. I um, mean, especially because they just – I saw a report saying that Alshon Jeffrey's done for the year. Yeah. So – and then I actually saw that in the Giants game, they said they were about to put Josh McCown, that receiver, because of the, all the injuries. So, yeah, that's yeah, – It's bold, but, but – yeah. My main one is Seattle winning the NFC West, yeah. but, I mean, I'm going to throw it out there. Yeah. I think the Eagles have the playoff feel to them, that they can win a playoff game. 
mean, the link Sunday. is hard. Any given Sunday, exactly. All right. So some of my bold predictions. I think my main one is that the Cowboys don't fire Jason Garrett at the end of the year. Now, if I'm if I'm Jerry Jones, I would fire Jason Garrett. But I just feel like I feel that this is one of those things where everybody's talking about it happening. Like, oh, it's gonna happen. Like Jason Garrett's gonna get fired. Then the off season comes. And Jason Garrett still rocking the silver and blue. Like I just, I mean, he should be fired, but I, I don't feel like Jerry Jones is going to fire him for some weird reason. Yeah, I feel like Jerry Jones is going to try to hold on to him, keep the Tony Romo days in his, in the back of his brain. But we don't know yet. I think Jerry Jones does deserve the chance to fire Jason Garrett after this year and how the Cowboys came into this year with so much hype, how they botched the negotiations with Dak and really pushed it up to the wire with Zeke. But, I mean, Jerry Jones' play calling this year has been very suspect. And, yeah, yeah, it's been a little – it's Cowboys fans throughout the nation always overreact to everything. But they have a reason to overreact to Jerry Jones and how he's – Kept Jason Garrett through the year of them probably making the playoffs if they do, with a losing record. Yeah. And then my other bold prediction is that Jameis Winston gets resigned. I know that sounds crazy, but I just feel, I mean, especially with the season he's he's having, like I, they said he has a chance to lead the league in passing touchdowns, yards, and interceptions at the end of the year. And interceptions, like yeah. that's. That's horrible. You should be cut after that. But I just feel like with, they have Bruce Arians as the coach, and everybody knows he's the quarterback whisperer. Mm-hmm. And I just feel I feel that the front office is going to give Jameis Winston another chance and be like, all right, he's not like we where you have another chance. I feel Jameis Winston can be our franchise player when really he's not. They should just move on. Jameis Winston has always been pruned to throwing interceptions. He was yeah. that way in college. And he's still that way here. Now, do I think Jameis Winston is bad? Is a bad thrower? No, I think he has a great arm. But he has Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. They're the two best receiver, two of the best receivers in football right now. He also has a great two-headed monster in tight ends, Cameron Brait and O.J. Howard. He has a great running back committee with Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones. I mean, that's something you have to take in consideration when thinking, okay, is this guy just a product of having an underrated offense that is good, that has receivers, that has a decent offensive line, or is he truly special? I think I think he's going to get the franchise tag. I don't think they're going to give him a four-year Matt Stafford type of contract, but if they think that they can win more with him or they can be competitive with him, then, yeah, they're going to give him a chance and wait. And if they lose out next year, they're just going to wait it out for Trevor Lawrence or a yeah. Justin Fields next season. But I don't know if they really want to try and pursue Herbert or do they want to try and get some wins together and make the season look better. I don't know what their plan is there. Yeah, I think if I'm Tampa Bay, I would give, like you said, give Winston the franchise tag. Mm-hmm. And then – Same with Shaquille Barrett. Yeah. I give Shaquille oh, yeah. Barrett the franchise tag, Yeah, and then in the draft, draft time comes, maybe it Jalen Hurts in the second round or second or third round. Because to me, Tampa Bay's biggest need is the secondary. Because the secondary hasn't been great great in years. Like, they just released uh, former first-round pick Vernon Hargraves a couple, like, couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and that just proves that the secondary hasn't been great. And 
if Jalen, if I see Jalen Hurts there in the second round, I'll, I'll take a chance on him. Oh, yeah. Or Jake Fromm, but yeah. I think the Bucks need to, they need to get a guy like Grant Delpit in the draft. Oh, He's yeah. a great safety. He can play a little bit of corner. He gives me a Minka Fitzpatrick type of feel, but yeah. it'll be interesting to see how Tampa plays out. Thank you guys for listening in today. Kyle, thank you for joining me today. No problem. Thank you for having me. No problem. Glad we could do this. Um, Stay tuned for next week's edition. It's going to be a mystery. So thank you guys for watching.